Hey folks, welcome back to the DC Three Cast. My name is Brian. With me, as always, are Zach and Vince, and we are here to talk about some comics coming out on what's the date? Uh, December fifth, twenty twenty three. We're gonna start with Batman Santa Claus Silent Night number one. This is written by Jeff Parker, illustrated by Michelle Bandini, and uh, it's exactly what you think it is. It's a it's a Batman Santa Claus comic. It's one that does the thing that I feel like every, let's call it every four or five years, there is a slate of stories that comes out that has to remind you that Batman trained with people all over the world. Like this is referenced every now and then, but every couple of years, there's a. There's I mean, a it's been referenced two. like multiple times just in like the last month. Well, that's what I'm yeah. saying. But I'm saying right now is like the uh, the confluence of when it's just constantly brought up, you know, uh-huh. uh, all the time. Although and this course- is the best one. I'm sorry, Jason Aaron, but uh, <laughs> the revelation the revelation that Bruce trained with Santa Claus is much better <laughs> than than the revelation that he's training with aliens. <laughs> uh, agreed. Um, so anyway, uh, Zach, why don't we start with you? What do you think of this? Um. I think it's really funny that they got Dan Mora to do, to design Warrior Santa, considering he also did that Warrior Santa thing with Morrison. Klaus, <laughs> yes. yeah, Klaus. Klaus, and and it looks honestly, almost identical. Not that yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, that's about what I think about this. <laughs> I think it's also very funny that they were like. Listen, we need someone to design the Santa Claus. God, like we can't just have anyone do it. Who who is on staff here that has done this before? We need some experience here. Uh, it's very funny to me. Uh, no, I think it's fun. It's very fun. Jeff Parker is a, a great writer to to you know pin <laughs> pin this project on. Um, yeah, I would not have read this if not for the show, but I'm kind of glad I did. Vincy? Yeah, I, I liked it well enough, but 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 honestly, as I was reading it the whole time, I'm just I'm thinking, well, why are why am I not just reading Klaus? You know? Sure. Sure. Um in, in fact, I kind of think it's a little I don't want to make this sound harsher th- than I mean it. I really don't. I'm not saying that there's like plagiarism going, nothing like that. I'm just saying like, eh, yeah, we've seen in the public this. Domain. Right, right, right. Yeah. I don't mean it that way, but, but it's like, we have seen, we've done this right in comics, very prominently and relatively, relatively recently. So I could get on board with, I could get on board with the wackiness of Batman and Santa knowing one another and, and, and working together, but the novelty of it is kind of just the, the presentation of the character is so similar to the, to the Morrison Mora thing. It, it, it just made me think it's, 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 it's not a direct copy, but it's too similar for me to find much novelty in this. I guess if you haven't read that, it, it's it's interesting or funny or whatever. But it was fine. It was it was perfectly well made comic. I don't think Jeff Parker could make a shitty comic. You know, like I, I agree with that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I well, think he took the premise and he did and he did what 
any good writer would do with it. But I, I didn't find much novelty there. So I, I have my comment on this is shockingly similar to my con my comment on the Jason Aaron Batman off world thing. If there was a more fun artist here, I think this would be a lot more fun of a comic. Yeah, the, the art is too self serious for Batman and Santa Claus being old pals. There's not a lot of winks in this art. Yeah, and there kind of has to be, right? Oh yeah. I, I, the bit that, that Parker writes in here, which I think is really funny and just makes Santa seem fucking insane, is whenever he meets anybody, he tells them their address when they were a kid. But not even like their current address, <laughs> like the, their childhood home. Exactly. Yeah, he, he, <laughs> Zatanna Zatara, 1964 Fox Hawk Lane. Like just, it's such a great little thing. But the panel that is that is showing this, he is stone faced and she's not reacting to it. Like yeah. there's, there's just there's nothing in here that visually lets you know you should be laughing at that. But that's unquestionably funny. That's a very yeah. funny bit that Parker does. And it just falls really flat because of the art. And um, this is the problem with DC and their art recently is just I, I feel like they just they don't have. I don't know if if these artists are rushed and therefore they don't have time to be as nuanced or. I think for a book like this, they're probably going with somebody, no offense to Michelle Bandini, who is cheaper, who maybe is faster, who's not as experienced, who won't be insulted by being given a Batman Santa Claus story. Like, there's a lot of reasons why this artist might have been chosen. But if you had somebody with who was like when I think of Jeff Parker, I always think of Doc Shaner because they did so much work together. Like Doc Shaner would have killed this book. Yeah. Uh, and it's just it just doesn't. It doesn't work for me for that reason, and that's not Jeff Parker's fault necessarily. You know what I really hope happens in this book? What's that? I hope that Batman gets turned into a Santa Claus. <laughs> a, well, a Santa Claus, uh, <laughs> like like when people say a Dracula. That's yeah, good. exactly. Yeah. <laughs> are you are you basically just hoping that he kills Tim Allen and takes yes. uh, takes his place in the Santa yeah. Claus? Yeah. Uh, you know what they should do, actually? You know what this should have been? This should have been like one of those like Batman 89, Superman uh, 77 type things uh, uh -huh. where it's it's Batman crossing over with the Santa Claus. <laughs> that would be a lot of fun. <laughs> but Disney owns that now. So I guess yeah, we'll have to true. do that with uh they they need to do that. They do who who would be in the 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 Marvel Disney sanctioned Santa Claus Marvel crossover? Oh Guardians of the Galaxy. You think so? Yeah. They already yeah. had a Christmas special though. They do another one. But 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 Peter hasn't seen the Santa Claus. He was in space then. That's why it's novel. I guess. I don't know. Um, I would think that Oscar Isaac as Moon Knight would be in it, but one of his personalities would be like an elf or something. Like that would be the that would be the the, the cutesy twist. Um But yeah. This is fine. It, it does what it's supposed to do, I guess. Wish the art was more fun. Anything else to say about it? How many issues is this? I want to say it's five issues. But is it is it weekly? I believe it is, yes. Okay. 
It's at least four issues, I know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's probably too many issues too. To go back on a on a trope of mine from the past. All right. Next up, we have two Beast World tie-ins, and they're in the Beast World Tour series. The first one is Beast World Titans, Beast World Tour, Metropolis. And now, this is a- don't listen to this podcast until you listen to next week's podcast. Why is that? Because there's maybe I'm maybe I'm talking about the wrong issue, but these no, issues, you're right. They both I have, think have yeah. These issues have editorial boxes that say, "See what happens in Beast World Two and Beast oh. World 3. Oh, I did not see that. Yeah, I but, thought that's yeah. that's what we were joking about at the beginning of the recording. I when I was like, "How did this happen?" Oh, that's oh. definitely yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah, definitely. I know the Metropolis one had it multiple times for sure. Yeah, and it was not even issue two. It was three. Yeah, three. Don't yeah. read this until three. I think the, the Jimmy Olsen Bibbo story had that. Yeah. yeah. Um, We're getting way ahead of ourselves, and I thought yeah. I thought that's where this was going right I away. I mean, the, the, the continuity of it is all kind of fucked, because also, like, there is that, there's that Jimmy Olsen story that's supposed to take place after issue three, but then there's the Lois Lane story that picks up directly after it with Jimmy saying like hey don't worry we're all in the basement of the planet and then it said this takes place after issue two so we're supposed to assume that like Jimmy's just like holed up in the planet but then he's like gotta go get some chili and so he can <laughs> right. turn into a turtle <laughs> well let's 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 get into some of this uh let's get into some of this stuff so the first story in here is a dreamer story. It is co-written by Steve Orlando and um, Nicole Maines, who is the actress who played Dreamer on the Supergirl show and has sort of become the the like official scribe of these stories, um, illustrated by Fico Osio. And I don't want to spend too much time on this because. Uh, it's the point that really doesn't have anything to do with the story itself, but I'm really curious as to what you guys think about how DC is using Dreamer. I feel like Dreamer shows up in every one of these, like whenever there is a uh, Lazarus Planet tie-in, a Beast World tie-in, these are the places that Dreamer is showing up, but they seem like they don't really want to put Dreamer in like books that aren't event crossover books. And I'm wondering why that is. Yeah, I don't know. It is funny how there is that like editor's note about like the last story was like tying into Lazarus Planet. And there's note was like, who could forget Lazarus Planet? And I was like, yes. oh, yeah, who could forget? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I had the same thoughts. It's funny. Uh, um. Yeah, I don't know. It's. It's a little weird. It's a little weird, but I think. I think just that that's the way comics are these days. I think like like think about it. Um so Dreamer has had, I believe, if I remember correct, I could be mixing this up with a different character. They had like an OGN or something, also, right? Yes, there is an OGN, yes. There was an OGN, and then there's a bunch of cameo appearances in um anthology books and like you said, event tie-ins. And I think unfortunately as is well documented on this show, 
the market can't support 100 issues of Azrael, and it can't even support six to 12 issues of dreamer necessarily you know right right dc is just unwilling to well dc and marvel or anyone is just unwilling to take too many risks anymore unless they involve batman i suppose um so i think this is that's the reason you know that's the reason why uh dreamers appearing in these things because they're trying to boost this character and they're trying to boost of course, you know, marginalized voices and, and voices who don't normally get to write um, big comic books. And I, I suppose throwing them into a uh, event, you know, is as good a feature as, as you're probably going to get. Uh, but I think then it does it does come off a little strange because this character just exists in limbo until the next bunch of tie ins. So you're not wrong. It's 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 weird, but I think like that's just that's the uh lack of risks that are being taken with 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 publishing characters in their own books and their own series that don't tie into major properties. It's kind of like the even more extreme version. You you mentioned like being in limbo, which we've talked before specifically about like Duke, who is like always in limbo until he yes. gets like a mini series and nothing ever really happens with him and this is this is the more extreme version of that because like dreamer doesn't even get a mini series they they just show up whenever there's an event and they need to do like a little one-off story Mm -hmm. what i find especially frustrating about both of these characters is that they are characters that seem like perfectly suited to be on a team right now there's no reason Dreamer couldn't be a Titan. I know right now there's not a lot of team books out there like at this at this particular moment, but it just seems like these characters could be such good additions to a team. It seems silly to have them just, you know, in this like, you know, twice a year, they get a six page story hmm. situation. Anyway, enough about that. What did you think of the Dreamer story in general? Um, I I thought that this was, this was about par for the course, what we get from those Dreamer stories. I, I still... I, every time I think I have a sense of how her powers work, I read another story about her, and I'm somewhat confused by her powers. Um, but I thought this was perfectly cromulent. Yeah, well, even even so much as I didn't read the Lazarus Planet thing, and and this, I guess, indicates that her powers changed as a result of Lazarus Planet too. So I don't, you know, even know what they were right. beforehand. Um, but yeah, I think I mostly agree. I think it's like pretty interesting that Steve Orlando was working on this because I was kind of under the impression that Orlando was sort of on the outs with DC for some reason. Um, but I guess not. My, my initial reaction to that is I wonder if this was supposed to come out a long time ago and was retrofitted to be beast world stuff. I don't know. Well, I think like, this isn't the first thing that Orlando's done recently either. I think he he did something else recently too. So maybe maybe he's back. Maybe, yeah. I know he had said he didn't want to be exclusive anywhere for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well he it seemed like he had like really pitched his tent with Marvel for a bit. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. The way they've been using him is very weird. He gets a lot of he, he gets a lot of weekly 
Spider-Man 2099 miniseries, like <laughs> one a year or something. Um, and he's also been doing some X-Men stuff. But that's like pretty much it. Yeah. Um, I didn't... Did, did anyone else know that there is like a little like village of extra extraterrestrials living in in Metropolis? When I, when was that established? I want to say that's a Philip Kennedy Johnson thing. Okay, but it could be. Is that like World World uh, Aftermath stuff? Like I believe so. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I don't know. And it, it, just to to sort of uh, defeat the point I made earlier, it does look like. Dreamers getting a backup in Action Comics next year. Mm. Mm-hmm. Although I guess that's not really. It, it's still sort of a siloed story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. But at least it's tethered to. It's tethered to a comic that it, that is a Superman comic. Yes, yes, and you know, and it's, it's it has Amanda, to Amanda Waller. I was, it has, uh, and it has Amanda Waller, which is, is always important at DC for some reason. Uh huh. Yeah, for how many years running now? <laughs> Um. Yeah. Anything else to say about this? At this, this? point, I think we have to fault the the Justice League animated series for making people think Amanda Waller was cool. I guess. Um. Um. It's like too much of a good thing. Yeah, I I thought this was fine too, except. My only criticism, and I I don't know if this is the artist's decision. I normally like Fico Asia well enough too. Um, I, I don't know if this was their decision or if this was like an editorial decision or just the way that the, the way that the script bared out, but, um, there's these little, there's these little hints, uh, like background characters that have horns, you know, um, there's a character in the background of one scene that looks like a goat boy or something, you know, <laughs> not, not the terrible. I was gonna say, you're referencing, uh, Jim Brewer? No, I never would. Um, but hey, remember uh, the eighties? <laughs> um, I I wish I wish there was more of that. You know, uh, for for an event called Beast World, there's not enough of well, the. I thought beast. those were like aliens, though. I thought yeah, those I know, were the but aliens who live in the town. They are, but like like oh. they give they give the story some color, you know, and like uh-huh. um there's not enough of that you know they fight like this they fight like this uh lizard lizard like towards the end yeah Yeah. oh is that live wire yeah i I can't even remember who that was live wire has been beastified right right um uh there's just it's not it's not colorful and cartoony and wacky enough you know i i feel like and maybe this is my problem. The the vision I had in my head of what Beast World was going to be was more like Silver Age wackiness melded with modern comics. And like like the Jimmy Olsen Turtle Boy thing that we're going to talk about in the backup. I wanted this event to be more of that across the board. And it's just not it's not colorful and wacky enough for what I wanted. I wonder if, if your opinion on that will change when we get more of the actual miniseries versus the side books feeling less fun. 
And maybe, 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 but I also think it's such a bungle for the first one of these to have a box right away that says, uh, this takes place after Beast World. <laughs> sure, sure. I can't believe it. <laughs> Dan, you know, if Dan DeDio were here, <laughs> Dan would never, he would never. He but would seriously never. to say like DeDio had his faults for sure. Plenty of them. But the one thing that, that he was really good about in his time there, especially uh new 52 and, and after was everything was released on time. The trains Everything ran kinda... on time under uh, <laughs> under Kaiser DiDio. I mean, unless, I'm, talking, I'm talking my collar, but what? Unless Jeff Jones was involved. <laughs> yes. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, if you're referencing like Doomsday Clock, sure. But like, I, I'm just saying like, since he's gone, we've had multiple instances, I feel like, where events are released out of it. Wasn't there an event recently? It might have been Lazarus Planet or it might have been something else. There was like a Batman book, the tie-in that came out after the event was effectively over. I can't remember what it was, I don't but remember. But I remember we were discussing whether we were going to read it for the show, and we were like, "Well, the event, who, the event's over. Who cares? Like, we're not going to read that." I can't remember what it was. I, it may have been Night Terrors or Lazarus Planet, or it could have even been Dark Crisis. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think well, I think it's also tough because like Beast World has such like a condensed release schedule. You know, it seems like it's pretty much like every other week, basically. Mm-hmm. Um and they have to squeeze in all these tie-ins and ultimately none of them really matter anyway, at least so far. Um yeah, I don't know. Yeah, these tie-ins are, are going to reveal themselves to be even wackier as we go along. Um, <clears throat> so the next story, as Vince mentioned, is a Jimmy Olsen Bibbo story written by Dan Jurgens, illustrated by Anthony Marquez. And this is, I think, pretty much exactly what Vince thought this event was going to be. Is, is that a fair... Yes. Uh, Representation? Yes. Given that lead up, did you enjoy this? Sure. Yeah. It, yes. Yes. Okay. I did. Well, well enough. I mean, I didn't love it. Like it, it, it's, but if every, if the rest of the event kind of was this colorful and this playful, you know, um, Yeah, I mean, I enjoyed it as the little like ten-page thing that it was. Sure, this we is... all love a Bibbo story. We we do, <laughs> and and like but between Bibbo and Jimmy Olsen and uh, Professor, um, what's his name, Hamilton? Uh, Hamilton, yeah, yeah. Like this is just like the this is so Death of Superman era Metropolis stuff that it always is going to tickle a certain uh, nostalgia for me. Um, I, I I enjoy this stuff. I will say that I thought the art for this was incredibly fun, but even for something as sort of silly and fun as this, there were still some ugly ass panels in this comic. Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, but it, it more or less works for me. Um, any art notes for this? 
Oh, I actually mostly like really liked the art for this. I thought it was really fun. I wish it kind of reminded me a bit, and uh, this is probably going to get me roasted a little bit, but it gave me like some Michael Avon Oming vibes a little bit. And, you know, I like him. So, yeah, it's better than that. But yes. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Sorry, I had to do my bit. I know you had to do your bit. I like Oming too. Um, yeah, uh, this is a, a, in a very funny moment of just uh, coincidence. I was eating a bowl of chili as I read this comic. <laughs> Bibbo was serving chili, and I was like, "Hey, hey!" I was doing, I was pointing at the screen like uh, Leo DiCaprio. Oh, that's and, chili! Uh, yeah, exactly. In uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, and this is fine. This is a uh, this is a Dan Jurgens. Uh, this if Dan Jurgens has to write a comic. I want him to write this comic. Yeah. Um. All right. The the last story, <laughs> excuse me. Last story is a Lois Lane story, written by the combination of Zabora Smith, who I do not know their work, and Joshua Williamson, illustrated by Edward Edwin Galman. And uh, this is a story that takes place after Beast World number two, obviously. <laughs> Obviously. Three? Isn't it three? No, this one is one. This one's two. Uh, the Jimmy one is three. Oh, the Jimmy one was three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I I think because I guess I guess maybe issue three is gonna have the Power Girl moment in it. Maybe where where maybe that's what Right. I don't yeah. know. Well what I was gonna say about that before I forget is I, I think that because of the way that this event is structured, you're gonna see a lot of like characters transforming in different mm -hmm. books. And so I think maybe this is just the transformation you're looking at happens in this issue. And That's I don't think it's going to be plot too, yeah. related. Just this, this character now is a fire skull because of this or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 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 Um, I'm going to guess that Vince hated this art very, very much. Yeah. Wow. You know me. I do. I also really didn't like it. I didn't love it either, um, but I, I thought, I thought Vince would be the bad. lowest on it. Yeah, nah, I was pretty low on it. <laughs> I there, I don't. I really dislike this kind of art. There were a couple of panels I thought were okay, but for the most part, it's just it's just not my cup of tea. Yeah. Even even when drank out of a Superman mug, like Lois does early in this uh, in this story. <clears throat> But I also feel like this is the type of story that I hate in these anthologies because ultimately, what was the story's purpose? It was to show us that stuff is happening at the Fortress of Solitude, but none of the stuff that happens there matters at all. All no, this yeah. does is tease the Brainiac story for next year in Action Comics, which didn't really need to be tied into Beast World. No, so why and it's been teased in this exact same way kind of like multiple times. So, yeah. Uh, you know, of of Brainiac scheming behind the scenes, doing a thing, and we cut away to him being like, I'm gonna show up soon! Yeah. And that's enough about that book. Hello, denizens of Earth-1218. We're the hosts of Make Mine Multiversity, a twice-monthly podcast. I'm Jaina. And I'm Elias. Make Mine Multiversity is your handy guide to all things Marvel. Each month, we get into it with long looks at the careers of Marvel creators, characters, themes, whatever. 
Sometimes that means we dig into all things X-Men, sometimes we do a book club for Marvel series past and present, and sometimes that means figuring out which series is our heavyweight champion. Coming down by good old Skylaser to your podcatcher of choice every first and third Friday. Excelsior. Excelsior indeed. That brings us to our final book of the week, Titans Beast World Tour, Waller Rising number one. This is written by Chuck Brown, who we haven't seen in a while at DC. Um, yeah, not really since all the Aquaman stuff wrapped yes, up, I think. Yeah, and illustrated by uh, Kieran Grant. Uh, I, I, think well, I don't know if we've two. ever seen on a DC book before. Ever. No, I don't I, know if I've ever seen them before ever. I also, I'm pronouncing it Kieran, but it's K-E-R. I'm going Kieran. Kieran, I don't really know how it's pronounced, but Kieran Grant. Um, so I have a question about this book that I, I, there, I feel like it's something we have to address in this book. But it's a really weird thing to address because I like what it's doing on one hand. I just don't know why it's doing it. And that's that every character in this book is black. It is it yeah. is a book that has all the black heroes, which I think is great because these heroes do not get used enough. But it it did did I miss why that was happening? Was there? I don't any think th- you did. I don't I, think I, you did. I kept thinking and I missed something. I thought about that too a little bit. Like I started thinking, like, well, this is a little contrived, maybe. But then I had to check myself and think, like. Okay, but how many other books have, have would would also get together a, a team of all white people and sure. you know that's yes, just absolutely. normal and so and so I like had to check myself a little bit because I'm like oh this is like you know I understand that they're trying to set up like a an all black DC heroes team and and this is the catalyst for it and I I feel like we are trained to read something like this and think like, oh, well, th- this is like so contrived and convenient, but really it's, it's not any more contrived any than any other team. No, it's certainly not. team together thing. Yeah. And I, I wasn't, I wasn't even thinking about it from a contrived standpoint. What uh-huh. was, ha- what was happening for me was I kept thinking I missed why it was happening. Like, why yeah, is the team, yeah. why is a team forming right now? Right. And specifically, like, you know, sure. again, like, all well, characters- yeah, it wasn't even like a team was forming necessarily. It was like, uh, Doctor Hate needed these characters for reasons, right? You know? Exactly, yeah. and like, yeah. and like there's a and Superman that is character. kind of the con- that's the contrived part, really. Right? Is, is that yes. is that like the characters are brought together? Not you know, but that's again like be- any other story too. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah, it really is. Um, yeah, I just I, I think it's extremely cool. Oh, I, it's I, a I, super cool idea for a team. I think. Yes, like th- this team is awesome. Like this is this is easily my favorite team at DC in terms of the lineup right now. Like, yeah, between Valzad and you guys know I'm a Batwing Mark. So uh-huh. and, and this is the like new fifty David Zavimbi. Zavimbi, yeah. exactly yeah. the one I really like. Yeah, yeah. and, and uh, uh, it it's really it's. I don't think this is going to happen, but I I did think it's really interesting that they specifically say like there's not a you know they they call attention to the fact that there's not a Justice League right now, and I'm like, this could be the Justice League, you know? It's yeah. got a, it's got a Superman, it's got a Wonder Woman, it has a bad character, yeah, it's um, got multiple Green Lanterns. Oh, uh-huh. yeah, like it could they can just go off and do this, and that would be awesome. Um, did you guys catch the other the other New Fifty Two ness of this? Um, probably not. I don't I'll know. Just, I, I know they is. like specifically reference like the the kingdom, the villains from 
the, yes. the Batwing. Right, right. That was well. That that was but the that name was like of, ties into that. Yeah, that was the name of the superhero team. Right, or they in, were the they were the hero. Okay, I thought yeah, yeah. yeah. I I think it turns out they're all bastards or something. But um, okay, I, I'm not remembering the story super well. But is there something else though? Well, no, but just but just the fact that like that was the kingdom was the team for I forget what the what the fictional country in uh, Africa was that they were that they like uh, that that they were defending, but yeah. it was this. It was this. Uh, they were like the torchbearers of superheroics for that part of Africa, and it seems like this could be a cool way to bring that back. But also, it's just it's very strange to have like all these characters we haven't seen in a long time all showing up here. But it's a dope team. I really like it. I like that there's. Um, you know, it's always great to see these characters that feel clumsy in other hands suddenly feel natural here like i think that brown did a really good job of writing these different characters they all felt somewhat true to their to their the voices that we've come to know from them we also get characters like dr mist who we haven't seen in forever showing up here you know, it's, it was mm-hmm. i thought this was really interesting like i said as i was reading it i just thought i missed something yeah um you may have because as much as i like the concept of this I thought the execution was pretty messy. It's it. There, there's a lot of words. There are a lot of words. Um, and and also, feel, as much as I like the art or think the art is interesting, I don't think it's like that good at telling a story. I was just going to say the art is really pretty to look at, but it's not the most effective sequential art I've ever seen. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed the art. I really didn't enjoy the coloring. That's interesting. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah the, I thought the art was great. I thought even the way the art told the story w- was good. I thought any time that something was confusing or obscured, it had to do with the the way the the, the colors were. Because I mean, to be fair, Kieran Grant colored himself here. Yeah, I I know. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um. But I I thought it was I thought it was the colors that obscured things, and I think. Uh, there are some uh, again. I don't. I don't know if they're digital effects or what they are, but there are some effects over some of these panels that kind of like um, layer semi-opaque images over one another. Uh huh. And again, just the, a digital effect that's just not better than when you draw something and and imply it with the with the drawing. You know, right? Um, yeah. I just hate that. Uh, but I loved the art. I, I really did. Like if I could see it in just black and white or just stripped down, you know, um, I, I, I bet I would like it a lot more. You know, I think every problem I have with it has to do with, uh, either coloring or effects that were, that were thrown in later or, right. or applied over the top of something. Mm-hmm. Um, that's my big bugaboo with this one. Yeah. Well, and also like just the story itself is just like kind of nonsensical that well, like Dr. Hate just as a a concept in the as a thing in the DC universe makes no sense so far. And Agreed. like what his motivations are, what he's what he's doing. It's wild that he like seemed to be the big bad of the series after issue one, and then he gets captured in a and seemingly like neutralized in a tie-in. <laughs> Mm-hmm. 
um, which I don't know like how that feels important, <laughs> you know, and I, I don't know how like the, the upcoming issues will deal with that. Um, but also just this weird tangent story where he's trying to make like a magic bomb in this weird magic realm called the kingdom, which um, I'm sorry, made me keep thinking about the actual of kingdom. Of course, the, uh, the, the real actual kingdom, kingdom meaning uh, the Mark actual Wade's kingdom. kingdom. <laughs> yeah, Mark Wade's the kingdom. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, I just don't. I just don't know what this was. It, it felt completely dis disconnected to Beast World to me. Um, I don't know. Yeah, I'm probably it did, being too harsh on it, but I I just did not really enjoy reading it. I I am interested in whatever's going to come from this, but I I did not really enjoy reading it. It did feel disconnected from Beast World. However, I gotta say, I really liked it. <laughs> um, I don't disagree that I don't disagree that it was kind of sloppy or messy. Messy, I guess uh -huh. is a, is a, what I would say about it but I like the messiness. Like to me, it's, it's messy in a good way. Like there's too many ideas. I, I yeah. hate when comics don't have enough going on or don't have enough ideas to justify their page count. I, I like that this had almost too many and they didn't even necessarily flow together all that well. However, I think Chuck Brown's a pretty good writer. Like I liked Chuck Brown's previous stuff at, yeah, the the Aquaman stuff at DC and I can't remember what else he did, but um Um he did um he did something else that we liked. What was it? Did he did a he did a Black Manta and then Aquaman yeah. which, uh -huh. which dovetailed together with He didn't do that Mr. Miracle uh future state story, did he? Uh maybe. Uh, there's I no could, way of knowing. There's no way of knowing that. Yeah. Yeah. Um for some but, reason, I associate that with him, but I, that may be wrong. Yeah. So, but but here's what I'll say about about Chuck Brown. I, I think he's a really talented writer that deserves a bigger shot. Like I I would like to see Chuck Brown on a on a mainline title somewhere. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um. Because I think like he he does the thing that we like, where like he's bringing stuff that he was. That was from his previous run with with Black Manta mm -hmm. and with the Aquaman stuff, and and brings it into this, and like the threads are tenuous, but they kind of always are when writers do that, right? right. Like, yeah, well, I I think the biggest question for me is why this is Beast World, right? Yes, like, yeah. Ultimately, yes, anything that's, else, right? That that's that's the thing. Here. I think the answer is probably to disappoint the DC three Waller. <laughs> I think right. the answer is Waller. I think that's why. Well, Waller's I think because, always a thing, right? Like you don't, you don't yes. need to. It's not like this is a Brainiac event, so you have to have the Brainiac story tie into it. Like Waller's always a thing. I don't know. I don't get it. Well, I, I, I know wonder... what you, I know what you're saying, but Waller is apparently very intimately tied with the Beast World stuff. Intimate, I yeah. I also kind of wondered um, if it had anything to do with the fact that when we were introduced to Doctor Hate. Initially, we thought that he like seemed like he was coded as black, and he seemed to be someone who was important. Mm, um, 
because like both times he's been like seen by characters they're like no it can't be you you know what i mean right um so i didn't know if it may, might be like he might be someone who is connected to that's interesting one of these characters somehow um or if he will like go on to be like a recurring villain in whatever chuck brown does next with this i don't know um I almost kind of wish that this was like more than an issue. I, I kind of feel like this could have been like a three issue miniseries tying into Beast World. I think this was a uh, a longer series that uh, that got, got condensed to one issue. Yeah, uh, if you look at it, like there's it, there's pretty clear markings of where like an act break would be or a uh-huh. you know an issue break would go. Um, like Vin said, it's overstuffed with ideas. Uh-huh. It seems like this might have been something else that was shortened. Um, I, I do want to say like there is a long history of event books and specifically DC event books having like tangential tie-ins that then that then lead into new things. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's not crazy that this is Beast World tied in. And I guess there's probably gonna be more eyes on this because of people like us reading all of Beast World than mm-hmm. if there was just this like random Doctor Hate Black Manta. I, I, I don't think any one character in this is necessarily a big enough character to lead a one shot, unconnected to an event, to lead into a new status quo. Mm-hmm. I, I'm I'm all for anything that has more Valzad and uh, Red Tornado Lois Lane. Yeah, <laughs> all for that. Um, and Freedom Beast. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 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 No, this was. This is. This is certainly interesting. Yeah. It's not always good, but it's interesting. Yeah. I I think Chuck Brown needs a shot at the big time. I agree with that. I I, I think yeah. I, th- I think he's got the juice. I think this is a anytime you're a, a tie-in kind of working in parameters that are sort of defined more by editorial than 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 typical. I think you you're, you've got a tough road to hoe. But I think I, you know he does he does well with a lot of uh, different elements and plot elements and and there's a lot going on. And I think. Yeah, I he he made me read a lot of text and I somehow didn't get, <laughs> you know what I mean? I saw I didn't like fall asleep yeah. or it didn't give you the gym jams. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, <laughs> I didn't start watching TikToks on my phone. No, I, I don't do that. But yeah, you're, no, you're too good for TikTok. I get it. Yeah, I am. Did, yeah. Did, do you guys think we're getting a Justice League coming out of? Beast World or anytime soon. So remember there was that um that graphic that we got at the beginning of Dawn of DC where there was like it was almost like a timeline where there'd be a couple of books lined up. Yeah. And uh-huh. then somebody of the Justice League was on there. Yeah, somebody had like uh you know fucked with the coloring of it and there was a return of the Justice League on there. But I I sort of feel like Titans are doing uh you know 
Titans is, I, I I don't know. It feels to me like it would be very premature if they brought it back right away. Well, I the reason I ask the question is like, what if this was the Justice League? Like for real? Like I don't, you know, it's a big, it's a big what if, but like it's assuming they would give Chuck Brown the Justice League. But I feel like this would be a a a really interesting Justice League for DC right now. I agree, yeah. And yeah, I, I don't know. I kind of, I don't, I don't expect it, but I'm like, now I'm kind of like hoping for it, you know? Yeah. It will be fun. It will be certainly fun. I don't know. This is one of those things where I, DC has to walk, has to tread lightly because if you put this team out as the Justice League, there is a subset of the audience that's going to reject it just based on the fact that they're yeah. all black, which is ridiculous. Yeah, it is. And, absolutely ridiculous but i also think if you call it something that isn't the justice league Mm -hmm. then you're sort of doing a disservice to what the story could be yeah yeah i agree um and this is me being like really fucking cynical and i hate that i'm even like making this like point right now but i almost kind of feel like like dc would be anticipating that kind of reaction and they could kind of lessen the blow a little bit by having the titans still being a thing too you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, they could, those people, <laughs> those terrible people, I don't even like going down this line of thought, but I know people at DC have to, like, think about these things. Uh, I don't know. It feels, yeah, it just feels too icky to even, like, think about this. But, I yeah, I would love to see this be the Justice League. The thing I always think about is I was at was it New York Comic Con or was it my comic shop? I can't remember where I was, but it was right around the time of Blackest Night. It must have been my comic shop. I wasn't at New York Comic Con that year. So I was at my comic shop and they were we were I was talking with the clerk about Blackest Night. And mm-hmm. I was talking about the concept of Black Lanterns. And this guy came up unironically and said, They already have a Black Lantern, John Stewart. And like wasn't joking. Like that was just how he thought of like DC's black it's a it's a black lantern, black lightning, black lantern, whatever. And just like dismissing the character as just being the black green lantern. And I feel like this would just be dismissed as the black justice league, and that's so stupid. Yeah, it would. But yeah. Anyway. Vince, what comes out next week? The 12th uh, of December. Yes, the 12th of December. Uh, Action 1060. Which is where that both, uh, sorry to interrupt you, both the uh, Dreamer backup and the Joe Casey lead into Neil Before Zod start in that mm, issue. Yes, mm-hmm. Neil Before Zod. We I should, can't wait we to should talk maybe about that one, you guys. Think about reading that. I don't know. Yeah, possibly. Uh, Batman it, I think Claus. it's also, isn't it the last Philip Kennedy Johnson pinned issue, too? Yeah, yeah, but, <laughs> but that I think I think his story ends in the action comics annual, but in oh, okay. okay. Um uh, <laughs> Batman Santa Claus number two, Batman and Robin number four, Batman City of Madness number two, uh the Batman faux simile edition, the uh the the death in the family where the ending is changed yeah baby oh yeah yeah um that comes out Batman Gargoyle of Gotham number two uh, Birds of Prey uncovered uh, Danger Street number twelve DC's Twas they, the they Might didn't even let they didn't even let me 
Then he let you what? Uncover the birds of prey. <laughs> That's one of the stupidest things you ever said. They love oh, it so much. It's brilliant. It's really good, uh, but it's really stupid too. I think the uncovered books are really stupid. It's just they, are. they are. Absolutely. You know what they are? They they they're for they're for people who uh jack off to art germ. I'm sorry. They are. Um DC's Twas the Might Before Christmas number one, Tech 1079, Green Lantern 6, Mad. <laughs> it's I just wanted to say it because it was on this list that I'm reading. Mad 35. Uh The Outsiders number two, terrible. Uh Speed Force <laughs> number two. You just started to jump there for a second. <laughs> Outsiders do terrible. Terrible. Uh, uh. <laughs> You wouldn't believe what they've done to our beautiful outsiders. Um, Drummer. The, not, they, she doesn't want to be called the. Don't say the. I'm going to say it. Just say the. I'm, I'm going to say the. <laughs> Should I say it? Um, the Speed Force number two. Superman Lost number nine. Titans Beast World number two. Uh, Beast World Tour Gotham number one. Waller versus Wildstorm four. Wesley Dodds, The Sandman 3, and World's Finest Teen Titans 6. That's a week of comics. That's a lot of comics. Yeah. Uh, one might say too many comics. I would say too many comics. <laughs> some have said that yeah. before. Some some have said that there are too many comics. Well, thank you for listening, everybody. We appreciate it. Go to DC3Cast.com for information on how to become a patron. Uh, been putting up some some uh, Patreon episodes for the three dollar donors. Uh, we usually just do the bonus episodes for the five dollar donors, but putting up some, some three dollar ones as a little uh, teaser to come up to that five dollar level. Get a bonus episode each week. Anyway, thanks for listening. Talk to you guys soon. Goodbye. Do you think they have somebody in Humpty Face like wearing the nose? <laughs> <laughs>